0: this is the john oakley show podcast
1: buddy mike van solen principal at navigator back in the house mike good afternoon
0: great to be here and a great day for talk radio thank you my friend
1: tom parkin columnist with a bluntly social democratic point of view how's mr parkin i'm doing well how are you very good thanks uh we're gonna have to get you on another mic and uh, yeah. we will in a moment kelly harris is a principal of harris public affairs in toronto And he's also held senior positions in Tim Hudak's PC Opposition Party and with former B.C. Premier Gordon Campbell. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Likewise, thanks. Listen, I'm all uh, anxious for this debate tonight because, I mean, in an otherwise lackluster campaign, you want to see some dynamic, some kind of uh, excitement, if in fact it's uh, possible to... Evoke that uh, with six people on stage, five moderators, questions from the audience. I mean, uh, let's start with you, Kelly. I mean, what will it take for any candidate to move the needle either way in the debate tonight?
2: I, I don't see anything happening to move the needle either way in the debate. And let's point out to the fact that most of the country is not going to be able to actually hear this debate because it's they're still at work in, in Western Canada. It starts at 7 o'clock in the afternoon. The, it's a convoluted setup. You've got five moderators. I'm pretty sure they only let you know Bernier and uh, the block leader in so that the moderators don't outnumber the debaters. I don't see how you're going to get a gotcha moment when there's that many people talking.
1: All at once, over each other. I mean, this is one of those things where uh, that would be my first instinct that you've got just by their very nature they all, all want to squeeze or shoehorn their own opinion in there and uh to shut it down yeah. <laughs> who is going to assert that control will be an interesting but uh, yeah. i'll ask you the same question sure. my van solent anything possible to move the needle
0: yeah look uh you know, Kelly's probably right. You know, this is designed to be um, a debate that really doesn't produce a big moment. But, you know, like a hockey game that where, you know, it seems like the, the, the two teams are, you know, the one team is clearly going to win. I mean, this is why we play the games. This is why we have the debate. So we'll see what happens. I you know, The... Uh, you know there's two real races taking place it's between sheer and trudeau who's who's the real front runner in this campaign uh, i'll be really interested to see if one of them can land a punch uh, or have a have a great night and then there's sort of that that competition between the third place candidates who's the third place candidate between the ndp and, and the green um, and uh, so i think that, that battle and how those two do not not necessarily against each other but just how they perform will be interesting i'm certainly interested in to see how jug takes on the, uh, the blackface brown face uh, piece this time around in the English language format. Last time uh, he was in Quebec when he did it. I think uh, you know frankly, he'll, he'll have a little more freedom to deal with that issue this time. I'd be interested to see how Trudeau tries to deal with that. Uh, but uh, you know, while it's not designed to produce a big moment, you know, I also hope Sheer has a chance to really show to Canadians what he's made of.
1: All right, uh, so uh, revelation of sorts. But here's the thing: uh, let me ask Tom Parkin. You know, when uh, Mike alludes to Jugmeat, and uh, which some people say the French language debate was, uh, in a sense, a coming out party in the sen- uh, the way that they had not really uh, known him before. But does he go after Trudeau because my uh, own uh, perception is that he's got to peel away progressive votes. Elizabeth May, you know, be that as it may, but Justin Trudeau is a real target for him, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Um, the green vote, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people who were in the green camp who would put NDP as their second choice, and so if you can knock them off the green idea, they might go NDP, but all the polls today, there was an Abacus poll, an Anna's poll, and a, um, your own poll with, um Ipsos. sorry, with, uh, with Ipsos, with yep. uh, Daryl Brecker, uh, all pegged the greens as at seven percent. You know, yeah. so they're really off their peak. Back in the, I guess it was in the uh, the height of the SNC scandal, they topped around twelve or thirteen percent. So they're really down, and 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 May's negatives are going up. Sheer, um sorry, Singh's positives are going up. His personal positives are going up. Uh, but by those poll, same polls that came out today, each one of them pegged him his party as a pretty pretty consistent, mildly up, if if at all, but in the 15-16 zone. So what does he have to do? He has to, I think, uh, capitalize on the idea that people are now interested in him. They've watched him, and he has made almost no mistakes. Uh, and his candidate team... Um, You know, there was a lot of complaining about how long it took to to get in place, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't had the problems that the other two major parties had. He hasn't had to, there's been some issues, but nothing like the other two. So that seems pretty solid. His debate performance was good. He's talking about issues that people care about. And when something happens, like it did on the weekend, you know, when he was asked by uh, a global reporter about uh, water in uh, Grassy Narrows and generally in First Nations, I mean, he just... He just nailed the answer, you know. Well, in contrast
1: was, to Justin Trudeau is the point, I
3: think. Yeah. It, so, you know, yes, there are, I think the, the point is, I'm, sorry, long answer, John, but the Green vote, I think, has dissipated as much as, and that's going to take right. care of itself. He has to look fundamentally at asking progressive voters, you know, are you are you happy with handing another uh, blank check to uh, Mr. Trudeau, or do you want somebody to protect the kind of uh, values well, that you Well, that's what bring. I wanted
1: to uh, see how you assess what the dynamic potentially will be. I think that's it, and, yeah. and that's what you'll see him going after. I mean, so where else would there be some play? I mean, uh, Mike, I guess Sheer and Trudeau got to see that, uh, you oh, yeah. know, that's the Titanic struggle.
0: Well, I think... Um you know, if I think of the 905, I think Sheer has to do well with women. There's uh, been a lot of questions about where he is on, on the values, uh, you know, around pro-life, pro-choice, how he would handle that. Um, so I think he needs Hasn't to... Hasn't
1: he answered that, though?
0: Oh, he has answered it, but uh, no doubt Trudeau's going to bring it up because I think he sees that as an opportunity to help uh, help him with the, the women, v- uh, the female vote. Um, so I think he has to uh, still address that and, you know, speak... You know, he's got to speak authentically. It's when they get into trying turning themselves into pretzels to try to answer these questions because they don't say how he really they really believe. You know he's fundamentally uh, pro-choice uh, or uh, pro-pro-life, uh, and uh, you know that is not where the majority of people are. Uh, but I think he has to be able to express what his government and how his government would handle that, and give uh, women in particular extra comfort that they will never come to regret a vote for sheer. So he'll give matter. those
1: assurances. All right, you know, to me a lot lot of it just seems like it's uh, about sound bites and perception. And, you know, it's just a superficial takeaway in many ways. Uh, Am I right or wrong about that, Kelly?
2: Well, I I, I don't disagree totally with you on that, but uh, we've talked about Mr. Singh and Mr. Shira. I think what Mr. Trudeau needs to do for this, speaking of superficial, um, he needs to remind Canadians why they voted for him in the first place in 2015. And we haven't seen that. that could work two ways. But we haven't seen that <laughs> Justin Trudeau in an awful long time, yeah. and when he gets when he gets crossed up with criticism, he becomes a little meaner. He um, he, he becomes defensive, and you know you talk about ways that we, this debate might actually come out one way or another. If you can get Justin Trudeau on the defensive, if you're Andrew Shear, and he comes across as defensive, like with the privilege comment on blackface and other things of that nature. Um, you, you know, we have experienced it a different way, those kind of comments. You could actually see this debate swing one way or another.
1: Now, listen, in 2015 it was interesting because the expectations for Justin Trudeau were so low that in exceeding them, mm. that really pushed them over the top. In contrast to Harper, and I guess there was a certain fatigue with the Harper years, uh, is he... On the same kind of watch tonight where the expectation, uh, you know, perhaps he can't meet the expectations of back in 2015. He's kind of damaged goods in a sense because of some of the things.
0: Yeah. Look, his, I think his personal brand is obviously uh, taken a lot of, uh, you know, been, been damaged a lot through this campaign. I think the trick for those who uh, aren't the liberals is I, you know, are people f- fine with the idea? I don't like Justin, but you know, for whatever, for progressives, they go, I'm still most comfortable putting my vote there. I think sing, or um, I think Singh is sort of where Trudeau was where before this campaign, a lot of us weren't convinced he could walk and chew gum. And, you know, he's done, you know, he's done really well. You right. know, he's done well through this campaign. So I think he's he's surprised a lot of people. And, but expectations were really low, uh, but he's continued to perform well. So does that set up a vote split of sorts? Well, I, th- I think it, it, the, the point's been made by others, so I won't take credit for it. But I it does set up an interesting dynamic where he could actually have... Fewer seats, possibly fewer votes, but be find himself in a more powerful position as uh, as the kingmaker in a, in a liberal minority setting.
1: All right. Uh, on some big items like, uh, you know, a pipeline or whatever, uh, it's possible that the liberals and the conservatives could collude, uh, whereas the NDP would not be invited to uh, participate in that vote because they both have, a, I'm guessing, an interest, what? if the liberals are sincere, that they actually want this pipeline built.
3: That's but what what, uh, what legislature what what does the Commons need to do to facilitate this? Nothing. It's got the cabinet approval. It's got NEB approval, and the it and it's going forward. So there's no law that needs to be passed. There's no motion of the Commons. So uh, I, I somehow so, I somehow so, still think political
0: will will be important to see. Yeah, that, see I'm not that saying that, that your your,
3: your right. point. I think there's there's very many things, uh, like corporate tax cuts that could could continue to come along that the NDP would not. Uh, support in a minority, but the conservatives would support the liberals on. But I think there's also, you know, I think uh, this is where uh, Singh's strength is, you know, on the issues like the dental care idea, the farm, pharma, the pharmacare idea, that he's got a ramp, that, that we have to ramp up the, uh, the construction of affordable housing, that those are so widely held, those views, that, uh, he, that Singh can do what the NDP always can do uh, when it's in a minority situation, is leverage liberal voters against the liberal party. That fact that liberal voters actually like NDP policies, even if they vote liberal, or they might vote sometimes NDP, but the fact is they can say, "You liberal voters like this policy, and here's your government not going to do it when we're pushing pushing them to do it." And that's when that's when Trudeau gets really leveraged on issues like that. Well, one.
1: so is fiscal responsibility, by the way, an outmoded concept? I mean, anybody saying that uh, we've got to rein in spending or even pay attention to such does that still carry any currency?
2: I, I think the people that that uh, carries currency with are already voting one way or another. Mm. Um, sadly, even in Ontario right now, the, a lot of those voters are looking and saying, we elected a fiscally conservative provincial government, and are we seeing the fiscally conservative provincial government that we sought? Um it, I, I don't know that you're going to swing undecided voters on fiscal restraint is, I guess, my point on this. But I would just say one thing about everybody's talking about the horse trading of policy if it's a minority government. In 2011, when we reduced Dalton McGinty to a minority here in Ontario, one of the greatest things that we were able to do was get the NDP and the Conservatives working together. My, my job actually was part, partly doing that, so that we can get control of the House, we can get control of the committees, and we can start forcing debates and investigations on key issues. At that time, it was the gas yeah. plant in Mississauga. This time, it's going to be SNC-Lavalin and the RCMP. And done properly, you could spend the next 18 months to two years taking Justin Trudeau and his party apart if the Conservatives and the NDP and the Green and the Bloc could have a successful House strategy. And that's really, really, really important on what happens on the 22nd of October. Becomes another lever against the government.
3: And uh, you're you're surmising,
1: though, that's in the event Justin Trudeau repeats.